there's been some episodes where it's like just a little round. Yeah. But I've been able to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Oh, they don't man. make headphone volume knobs that can handle my amount of deafness. <laughs> <laughs> They have a made one that I can't, that I don't need to go to 11. Oh, God. I, I mean, you, you should hear you should hear this guy's over here. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to say his name. I mean, he doesn't listen to any podcasts. <laughs> right, right. But, like, I'll be, I'll be filming stuff for their morning show. Yeah. And, like, it, he'll, like, throw the mics on, which cuts out all of the studio speakers, but it's almost like they don't cut out because his headphones are so yeah. loud. And you just get that tinny, loud, <laughs> yeah, headphone, headphone noise. Oh, God. I mean, hey, it... If that's if that's how he's able to hear, yeah. so be it. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know how he's able to hear like normal people talking at a normal. It's volume. a vicious cycle because you know you just turn it up a little bit each year. You're yeah. in radio, and by turning it up, you're damaging your hearing. <laughs> so you need to turn it up more. So you damage your hearing. So you need to turn it up more. So you damage your hearing. <laughs> Speaking of getting older, though, uh, has anyone done? Seinfeld face app. Have you seen that yet? The Seinfeld cast and face app. No, have they done it? No, I, oh, somebody man. had to have. I mean, I, I'm I just sure imagine. someone has. If we, no one has, follow at no hugging because we will definitely <laughs> we'll have definitely it up. I remember when they did the baby Seinfeld <laughs> when, when Snapchat had the baby uh, filter. Yeah, they did yeah, baby Seinfeld. I didn't see gender bent Seinfeld though. I would have loved to have seen that. Where Elaine's the only man, and all the other guys are. I feel like are women. I saw something. You saw like that. that? I'm, I'm sure it was out there. But anyway, we need to do face app Seinfeld oh, before man. before before <laughs> someone else does. Before someone else yeah. does, we can be the innovators. Yeah. I one of my friends uh, who also uh, went to the same college as me uh, is now working for Major League Baseball, making yeah. like videos and taking photos. Just got like a hundred and thirty thousand views on a Stranger Things mashup video he made. What? Dang. Yeah. yeah well, you saw season three. Right, and I'm only four episodes in. Okay, you, so it's like the first episode. Oh, okay. It's the scene where Billy's walking out of the pool, and it's the boom, boom, yeah, 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 boom, boom, and all the boom, like moms are there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he mashed that up to Ham walking out to the pool in the Sandlot. Ah, and perfect. It, it, it's incredible. Oh my gosh, it's like Showtime, and then it's just Ham waving. Knowing the Duffer Brothers, <laughs> that probably was. A like twist around <laughs> well, reference, kind of, I mean, kind of like an homage to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there was there is certainly that's a cliche scene. You know, someone walking oh, out yeah. to a pool and everyone going ooh and bringing <laughs> their glasses down and stuff like that. But you know, it was like sort of a flip on like, oh, but he's hot this time. Unlike <laughs> yeah, the Sandlot, like, I guess. Yeah, was that? I don't even remember. Was that scene? Was that dude hot in the Sandlot or no? He's eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> but was he a hot eight year old? No, he's he's the pudgy ginger kid. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in, since it was on like VHS. But we might as well start now talking about is he a hot eight year old? Yeah, Jesus. We, this is the perfect episode to talk about at what age you could be considered hot. Am I wrong? Oh, well, actually, <laughs> I'm right. Did we, we, that was, that's the perfect intro to this? I know, and it, we it, just stumbled upon it on accident. Can you believe it? Uh, thank you for following the script I wrote exactly, Ted. Uh, welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to no hugging, no learning. <laughs> I was it's, like, Ted, let me say. <laughs> let me let me say, is he a hot eight year old? Uh, welcome to Hugging No Learning. It's the show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. Today we're talking about the <laughs> shoes. Uh, but before we get to that, I was just remarking to Ted that we really didn't have anything. We didn't really have any homework from last week. Although you said you have something, and I also have a little something too. Yeah, but do, what do you, you want to do? Yours first? Sure, or do you I have mine something first? really stupid. I okay. finally just remembered. I don't even remember why we were talking about it, but here's my. Oh my god, you my brought cassette, it! My cassette oh, copy man. of Pearl Jam's 10. I'm going to see if I can uh, open this right by the mic so we yeah, can get that yeah. ASMR. 
that jewel box oh, sound. Yeah, man. and it had that oh. wraparound, um, you know, uh, inserts of the wow. liner and stuff like that. And then I also remember lo- loving, like, open open it up if you want to. First of all, when you open it up, you see everybody from. <laughs> I, I, I like how you're saying, open it up if you want to. I already have it open. Yeah, yeah you yeah. do. And uh, but I was I was hoping <laughs> that you would think like, oh no, this is precious. I need to put on white gloves like they do on you know on Comic <laughs> Book Men or on Antiques Roadshow or something when they're handling something. Oh but, man, I mean, look. So the insert. You're going to see is like almost falling apart just for how many times I opened it and then put it back and then opened oh, it. And it, it's, wow. got, it's, look got, it's got the white creases. Yeah. Oh. And then when you open it up, it became like a mini poster of everybody. That's so cool. Like opening up. And then look at all the inside. I loved analyzing. Does it have all the lyrics? Yeah. But look, they're like written by Eddie Vedder, like scrawled in black and white by Eddie oh, Vedder man. himself. Like I used to love reading because one of them is all whited out. Like one of them is blacked out or whited out in, in this case. Release. Release. Yeah. And you couldn't yeah. read it. And so you like. Uh, can you see some of them though? I don't even remember now. But I feel like I can I, see the word release. Yeah, I would just stare <laughs> at these lyrics and try to follow along with Man. the words because it wasn't like printed out. No, these are like in in handwriting and chicken scratch. Yeah, and, and for uh, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder lyrics, you need like to yeah, see yeah. the lyrics. Yeah, he was like the guy who innovated singing with your tongue in the back of your throat, yeah. well, and then well, yeah, I mean the first line of Jeremy is at home drawing pictures home. of mountaintops We're with him, him on top. On like, what? what did he say there? Lemon yellow sun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> like, he wrote really weird, but I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, man, I, I analyzed this and I listened to it, and I, who knows what the tape sounds like at this point. Uh, I don't but, know. Yeah, it, I was... mean, it looks like you have it rewound. So oh, it, nice. It, it's at the start, I think. Nice. I, I, I can't tell if it's at the start or at the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, the lyrics man. to black. That's really cool. Are the lyrics to black really? Sheets, untouched, spread, body, all revolved, tasted, taken, am I taught, all she wore, <laughs> better hands, beneath, cl- uh, are these really the lyrics? I'm like, I, I guess I had no idea. That was a huge song for them, but but yeah, so, and uh, join the 10 Club, uh, Pearl Jam, and I, you know what I wrote, I wrote to this address, P.O. Box 4570, Seattle, Washington, 99104, I'm going to write a letter do it. To, I, you do I'm going right to write now. a letter and see if yeah. like Stone or Eddie, like I'm sure they're still in Seattle, <laughs> if they like check this every now and then. Um, I just bought a bunch of thank you notes, so I'm going to write a thank you note to Pearl Jam, and I'm going to send it uh, to this P.O. Box, and, and I welcome you to do the same. Again, it's, well, you can rewind. It's this podcast. Why would I repeat it? Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, but I did write to this, I remember, a long time ago, and they sent me a free 45. And on one side okay. was a live version of... Um, I don't remember what the song was, but on the flip side, the B side was Eddie Vedder yelling at a crowd who had started throwing their shoes on stage, <laughs> and like um, it, 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 it starts with him screaming like obscenities at the crowd, what? and then he's like, he was like, "We're all gonna go to the oh <laughs> my is, god, we're all gonna go to the exits, we're gonna beat the shit out of every shoeless motherfucker in here." <laughs> That's incredible! Holy crap! Yeah. I used to like listen to it on low, low, low volume in my room. Like, this is... For the ambience? Yeah, no, yeah. no. So my parents wouldn't hear. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I'm still at home at this point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, this is I'm like, this is kind of scary, but kind of funny. Like, did Eddie Vedder really beat anybody up? And it's only now that I can look back and go, oh, that that's kind of funny that he threatened to, like, beat him. But then, by the end of that performance, he's, like, yelling from the stage. He's like, you know what? No. I want everybody's shoes up here. We're going to donate them to charity, and we're going to give them to people who need shoes. And so by the end, he's like yelling, shoes for my friends. It's like, <laughs> it's the craziest. I'm like, somebody 
put this on wax. You know, somebody made a record oh, of this man. and sent it to a kid in Yorktown, Virginia, who happened to write to a random Seattle P.O. box. <laughs> but I'm going to write to him again. You got to do, do it again. Yeah, you got to get that follow-up. Just wait. I can't wait now. I'm gonna, And I, it's going to be on a thank you note. So I'm just going to thank you, thank, thank you Pearl Jam for introducing me to... Uh, you know, good music. It was like my gateway to yeah. you know uh, to things that weren't on the radio. Even though Pearl Jam got a ton of radio airplay. Oh but my god, yeah. You know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> well, that's that's what I got. My Pearl Jam cassette, and I'll, we'll tweet a picture of it because I yeah. know everyone cares. <laughs> well, I, the the thing that I had is a little little more morbid. Uh, There's a Seinfeld actor who was found dead. Yeah, uh, thank Char- you, Charles Levin. Yeah, or Levine. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's yeah, L E V I N. So I'm guessing it's Levin. Uh, but he, he only had one role. He played a model in The Briss, which we haven't gotten to yet. Right. Um, so, and he didn't really do much else. So I, I think he was just kind of like an extra yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, they found his body in Grants Pass, Oregon, uh, outside and away from his vehicle where the remains of his dog was also found. Oh, wow. So I don't know if they're thinking it was foul play yeah. or... Uh, just something weird happened, but y- you don't always see headlines that's like actor's body found outside <laughs> car, which also housed remains of dog. Yeah, and every headline also said Seinfeld actor, which yeah. is like I I don't I looked I mean, at him and I didn't even remember. Yeah, him, I'm, I'm not trying to like talk down about yeah, the yeah, dead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't even know if it's him. They haven't identified his remains oh, yet. Oh, jeez, wow. Uh, but they think but he's it, missing. Exactly, he was missing, and they think it is him. Yeah, but. He had and if it's his car. I mean, he like, had one role in one yeah. episode. I, yeah. I mean, it, it is kind of weird, but yeah. yeah with, with all with all of the uh, side side characters or minor characters that we have yet to get to, yeah. I saw Seinfeld character Charles Levin <laughs> found dead. And I'm like, oh man, that sucks. This guy's probably like a, a big character yeah, yeah. in coming seasons, and he has one role in one episode. What do you think? Do you think when we get to the Brist, do you think there's going to be guest star? Charles Levin in the synopsis? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say no. You don't but, think so? Uh, but he, he, that would just be the kind of thing that they would do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yes, and who knows? By, by the time we get to it, they might edit it to say that. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I... I, You know what? I'm going to say yes, because yeah. there's been a good amount of guest stars that were like, but it also had this huge yeah. actor or actress. Tom LaGrue. Tom, Tom LaGrue. <laughs> Tom LaGrue. Yes. And Tom LaGrue has one line in the whole thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I did see that. That was that was kind of interesting, kind of a weird little Seinfeld headline. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I mean. Seinfeld related. Yeah. I, I, it sucks, obviously, uh, yeah. for, for his family. Yeah. Um, I, I want to wanna give quick shout outs to uh, people on Reddit, W23TTT, oh, Justin TN, TigerBait72, CarbonSteelSA, and fly sly they all checked us out for i believe the first time oh. because of one of the posts we put on our seinfeld um oh, you haven't been telling me when you've been putting those up there and i haven't been seeing them so i'll have to go upvote. Oh. well they, i i try and put them up every week yeah uh, this week and last week i had to wait until tuesday yeah. instead of monday um but they seem to be getting all right. That's response. cool. Did they say anything that we can go over? Or just yeah, like great? one one person actually said, "Let me see this." Carbon Steel SA actually had a modern day Seinfeld plot that he came up with. Oh, 
Uh, Jerry gets a new girlfriend, and I feel like I've read this before uh-huh. somewhere else. Uh, Jerry gets a new girlfriend. She comes with him for a brief visit to Newman's apartment. While in the apartment, Jerry notices that his new girlfriend's phone automatically connects to Newman's Wi-Fi. Uh, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I feel like I've read that somewhere else. Yeah, it's a common. It's like a modern day relationship dilemma. I feel like I've never heard it attributed to Seinfeld, but I've I've kind of seen it other places as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, a, a couple of the people are like, I've been looking for a new podcast and Signcast wrapped up. Uh, I just started listening an hour ago from the first episode. I can't wait to binge listen. Cool. And someone said they it was W23TTT. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen to the contest first. So they started with a classic and yeah. then they were going to move on to like, uh, they were going to like pick and choose yeah. different episodes. Cool. So interesting, interesting dynamic there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thanks. And, and we also do have something in Newman's mail sack. Yay. We'll get to that at the end of the show. All right. Uh, do we have anything else before we get I, into I, things? I guess I, we do want to mention this because um, this is from two episodes ago and we forgot to get to it. But someone tweeted at, I heard that was good, about Rochelle Your Rochelle. Your old podcast. No, I'm sorry. No hugging, no learning. Oh, okay. Someone tweeted to, no <laughs> hugging, no learning. Uh, <laughs> Rochelle Rochelle is probably based on Emmanuel, which was a movie from, which was like, oh an, yeah, that's right, yeah, which was like an artsy movie, which I've heard of, and I don't know if it's the same, but I know that Emmanuel has had like multiple sequels, and even like Cinemax or Showtime just kind of bought the name and had okay. like Emmanuel in Europe, and Ugh. literally, I'm not making this up, Emmanuel in space, and I, I meant to look it up You're to see if they me. were no, but like I meant to look it up to see if they were from the same like franchise if like someone just bought it and just char- started cranking out Emmanuel movies but I do remember that that uh, it's probably based on Emmanuel from 1974 which was <laughs> an artsy movie that gave a lot of a lot of normies an excuse to go out to theaters and see porn essentially yeah, you know yeah. it was essentially porn Absolutely. so yeah all right I think that's it Okay, uh, well, if you've never listened to us before, uh, I we are not a research-heavy show. I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If you like what you hear, uh, give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker. If we skip over something, if we egregiously miss something, send us an email, send us a tweet, nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com or at nohugging. Those links are in the description. That being said, season four, episode 15, The Shoes, Jerry and George scramble to... Oh, wait, I'm skipping everything here. Original air date, February 4th, 1993. I was one month and 15 days old. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, there we go. That's how I get it. There it is. Jerry and George scramble to keep their feeble idea for a TV series alive when they meet with a skeptical executive who catches them eyeing his and this is where the hulu description cut off uh-huh. and i was wondering like okay eyeing his what yeah and then i looked it up uh on my my tablet <laughs> which it had the full description is eyeing his teenage daughter's <laughs> cleavage yeah 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 <laughs> honestly i i hate it when the description gives away too much and and we'll, we'll get to that at the end of the show so i can already see some some cuts i want to make oh yeah absolutely uh, we start with a stand-up bit as usual and this has to do jerry saying that there should be a sexual timetable at the beginning of a relationship that you can uh that you can reference if say you've been on three dates and the woman still hasn't put out i guess um and it it should be written down so you can point out well i mean it's standard dating procedure and as you can see this is the third date and blah 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 yeah Uh, this um this doesn't hold up (laughs) yeah i know it's something about it i couldn't put my finger on because i was like well certainly and I think that's what it is. I was like, certainly you should talk about in a relationship what you 
what your expectations are and where yeah, you, you, you should have open lines of communications about talk physical to your partner. Yeah. Uh, talk about like what you are trying to get out of this relationship versus what they are trying to yeah. get out of this relationship. It shouldn't be more of one person's wants and desires versus the other person's wants and desires. You need to like yeah. collaborate on it. And, and whether it's physical or emotional exactly. needs like that should be but I guess what that's what does irk me about it is that it's a blanket statement like three dates and let me see it, you know, yeah. or whatever. Like it should be <laughs> universal is what Jerry Seinfeld said. It should be law that well we, women put out after the first and I think that's what it is it's so you know male centric and stuff like that oh that absolutely but, yeah. but like in in the current like environment <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of Me Too and everything it, it just reads it's like yeah there needs to be rules to make sure <laughs> that the woman sleeps with the man yeah yeah it should be written down that that's law. Yeah, yeah. And we all know that they should do it sooner we, rather we, than later. We all know that women need to sleep with us. Yeah, like, yeah. And it should be quicker. Okay. Quickly. They should do it quickly and often. You know, it's like you should be able to point it out, well, you're wrong. If you don't want to give it to me now, obviously we, you're we wrong. We need a handbook <laughs> yeah. that I can turn to page 69. And Every page is 69 in that handbook, first of all. <laughs> and like, after the third date, I need this. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's not, it's not and like we a all writer. Agree that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, it, did, it, did, it, it wouldn't hold up. And you'd have to do a lot of rewriting to that to, to make oh, it hold God. up in, in, in 2019. Uh, but So we open up uh, on the apartment, and Jerry and George are hard at work writing their script pilot, and they're actually on a roll. You know, they're like, this is funny, you know, but it's it's kind of not good writing, but it's they're not. still happy with it. They're very happy with it, but I, I think one of the lines, I don't know if I got it exact, but uh, I think George is like, and then the butler says, I'm not cleaning that yeah, yeah. up. I'm like, and so I was oh, like, that's good, that's good, I'm not cleaning uh, that up. Uh, and by the way, George is wearing his sweet Nikes again. Oh is my he? Gosh, oh, I yeah, didn't catch it. kick-ass retro. Well, they probably weren't retro I, for 93, I but. I found uh, an app. Um, the I forget who it was. Do you know who Emma Chamberlain is? She no. she's like the biggest YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, but she just did a video that was sponsored by some uh like sneaker secondhand market. App. Oh, so man. I'll have to I'll have to find out like what that app was, oh. and I'll send it to you. But you might be able to find. These I was gonna Nikes. say I could probably send them George's shoes. They were probably very common back in '93. Oh, I'm but sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, whenever we're done recording this, I'll see if I can look it up. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and so Elaine enters, and um, they're, they're, they had already talked about, I guess... Oh, no, they want Elaine. They're like, we should bring the Elaine character in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're writing the pilot, and they say, we should bring the Elaine character in. And so they're like, all right, Elaine enters, and then they both kind of <laughs> stop, and they're like, what do women say? <laughs> yeah, they have, they have no idea um, how to write a woman, and so they're like, well, you know, there's too many characters. There's, there's yeah. too many characters right J- now. Jerry, George, Kramer, the, the butler. butler. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> and uh, and so they, they just sort of rip up the page where Elaine was going to enter. I thought it was going to be another, you know, we were going to go down. All right, Elaine enters and says, hello. You're like, hello. <laughs> we're going to get into it. that yeah, again. I think we were going to yeah. get back to the beginning of that. Oh, God. Uh, but Kramer comes in. The real Kramer comes <laughs> into the real where we are now in the apartment. Uh, and he walks through the door normally, yet still gets raucous Oh, applause. my God, yeah. He didn't do a cool entrance. No, and he, yet, he just sl- he opened yeah. the door, slowly walked in. <laughs> the crowd goes nuts. Uh, and Kramer ran into a woman named Gail. Gail Cunningham. Gail Cunningham that Jerry had dated. And she went on three dates with him. And no kiss goodnight. And so Kramer doesn't know what to do in this case. You know, she's waving. She recognizes him. And Kramer snubs her. Yeah. He just sort of ignores her, walks on by. And Jerry is 
ecstatic. Yeah, you know? he, he was he was really happy yeah. because uh, what Jerry said that they were on three dates. Yeah, Is that what they it was? went on three, three dates, no kiss, good night. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I mean he's he's happy yeah. because he didn't have to tell his friend to do any of this. Yeah, yeah, he's like, look at the what a friend, you know, what a great exactly. friend, like this woman who, you know, as far as we know, that's the only thing that was bad about their relationship too. Yeah, that, that she there didn't was no kiss him after night. three yeah. dates. Oh no, which I do think is a long time. Like I never knew, you know, when I was actually yeah, dating, what the rule was, you know. Um, but it, that does seem like a long time. It it does, but also for Jerry to like hold a grudge against yeah, this woman yeah, yeah. for this long, we don't know how long ago this was. Yeah, yeah. To, to hold a grudge <laughs> for this long because she didn't kiss him after <laughs> yeah. three dates it is like some of the most like incel dialogue I've ever heard. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, it is. He's like, I do agree. Like, what a what a friend who who asked for a friend like this? Look at the, what a great friend Kramer is. So loyal, you know. But I do like when he's like, even though I don't condone it. My administration has never condoned snubbing, you know, but he was like, I still think it's cool that Which you did it. Which I think is a very, like, uh, important piece of dialogue for the Jerry character yeah. to mention. Yeah, because, yeah. Because it, it makes mention that he is not, like, for this. Yeah, he didn't say, but, Kramer, if you ever see exactly. her again. Yeah. But in the moment, yeah. he likes the outcome of yeah. that. He doesn't like the behavior, but he likes the outcome of yeah. the behavior. yeah. Uh, uh, also, did you notice Jerry has a Superman magnet on his fridge? Yes, I did. I didn't notice it until a much later scene, but I did notice that. Okay. This must be where the Superman mentions and, and appearances really pick up yeah, in season la- four. La- last episode, I think. Yeah, someone, uh, is that when we got a mention of Superman? Yeah, yeah Superman Je- and Serial. Yeah, Jerry sa- or George said uh, because uh, who his therapist, no, Cheryl. Yeah. Cheryl Fong, Cheryl Fong was, yeah. was attracted to Jerry. He's like, his whole life is Superman and Serial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now he's got a Superman magnet, so I'm guessing it's going to be a little easier easier to have to Superman references in every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they don't have to think about it. <laughs> uh, so at Monk's now, we're at Monk's, and Elaine is bummed that she's not in the pilot. Yeah. And Jerry's like, well, you know, there were too many characters, he tries to explain to her. <laughs> but then it comes out, it's like, we don't know how to write for a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Uh, and Gail Cunningham comes in to the diner, and it appears to be she's wearing something from the Blossom Collection. I have to keep pointing out when, because she's got like big frilly stuff and like a, a big hat like Blossom would wear. Yeah. It totally looked like and, they raided Blossom's wardrobe for this. And we get like dialogue that is straight out of Jerry and George's pilot because Gail Cunningham walks in and Jerry's like, well, Gail Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We've never met this woman before. <laughs> yeah. Like what a way to introduce her just by saying her full legal name. Every time they mention her, they've said her real name, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, but it, it's just straight out of their pilot yeah, because it's yeah. poorly written. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a woman, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he, so she confronts Jerry about Kramer's snub. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he kind of says he doesn't really know anything about it. Yeah, but it's such a huge deal to her. Yeah, yeah. That, that uh. he snubbed her. And then she notices Elaine's shoes and asks where they're from. And Elaine says they're from Botticelli's. And, you know, uh, Gail is like, oh, oh, that's fancy. I, I don't even go. I don't even go in that. Story. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to even yeah. go in there. I think she says. Yeah, yeah. And what, what is Botticelli's? I'm guessing it's an upper class. I don't store? even know if it's real, honestly. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, it might be know. a fake company. Well, we'll have to look into that, I guess. Well, for how often like they drop the name. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it wouldn't be real. Yeah, but if the way it's written, it would almost have to be real because they give no context. But the context, I mean, you you get context immediately, though. Oh, that's true. You're right. They're like, oh, Botticelli. You know, you don't have to 
Uh, I'm doing it right now. Botticelli shoes. What do you know? They're real. Are they really? Handcrafted Italian shoes since Ooh. 1968. Okay, well, I guess I guess they're really nice shoes, I then. guess so. Uh, let's see how much they are in 2019, I guess. I- I'm kind of curious. Uh, let's go to the women's collection if they have... I don't see any women's shoes. These are all men's shoes. Interesting. I wonder Maybe if they, they had women's shoes in 92 or yeah, 93. I'm, they must have. Uh, yeah, well, all right. Let's see. Um, just a pair of regular... The Sardina Black yeah. collection. Are, are they nice shoes? Do they look good? Yeah, they're they're okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh God. Four hundred and ninety five dollars. <laughs> American? Yes. Huh. Yeah. Yikes. For uh, and, and these are all sold out. You can't even you can get size seven and a half to nine or a twelve point five in this <laughs> size right here. Um, let me just look at some regular old boots. The Genova boots, brown Reg- suede. Regular old boots. <laughs> $595. Jeez. Yeah, for just a pair. What do they call them? Chuka? Chuka boots? C-H-U-K-K-A. Have you ever seen that? I have no uh, idea. Okay. I've never seen that. There, if, you're, if you're a stylish man, which I am not, and obviously Ted isn't <laughs> either, you know you have a pair of these boots somewhere. Uh, and if you want them from Botticelli, they're going to run you. Yeah, $600. Yeah, so these are these okay. are very nice shoes. I feel like it's more likely to be Chuka than Chuka. Chuka, I think that's right. Um, let me look at the. Uh, let me just show you though something cool that I do like about these shoes. Look at the bottom; it has friggin' um, that famous painting on the bottom what? of the woman. Oh my god! Isn't that awesome? That's actually. What do you re- call that? The birth of Venus. Yeah, it has the birth of that's Venus really on the cool. bottom of every shoe. Yeah, but also like you're walking on it. Yeah. So that's going to fade away in yeah, a eventually. day. Well, uh, if you're a man of labor who actually walks on his shoes, if I <laughs> if I'm buying these shoes, Ted, I spend all you're day on my You're not walking on them. Oh, I spend all day on my ass and people carry me around. Exactly. You hoverboard around. Exactly. I hoverboard around my .com startup, yeah. uh, the office space <laughs> that I've got that's all glass, yeah. Uh, wow, so now we know. Now we know. I guess maybe at one point they did make women's shoes, but I guess they got out of the biz. Uh, but yeah, so they're very fancy and then when when Gail leaves, Elaine is offended by the reaction that she had to them. Even though it was sort of complimentary, it was yeah, kind of... she's super embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, embarrassed. Yeah, she she says that literally. Like, it was embarrassing. She was fawning over my shoes and talking about how, oh, I would I could never go in there and I couldn't get those shoes. And, and Jerry is puzzled by her reaction to... Because it seemed like a good reaction, right? Like, oh my gosh, those shoes are so nice. Yeah. I could never get some like those. So he's, I love, he's like... This is why you're not in the pilot. You could have never <laughs> predicted a woman would have that reaction to being complimented by another woman on on her shoes. And so I, I thought that was great. I think it uh, I, was it earlier when George was like, I don't know what women were thinking. I've been trying to figure it out my whole life. How do I know how women talk? I don't know how women think. You know, yeah, I, I think that might be in the opening scene. Yeah, yeah. It was, so yeah, because he's not in this scene, but it just is a great example of like mm-hmm. why Elaine was not in it. Like, how am I supposed to know how women talk? Uh, so at Dana Foley's office, do you remember her name? Yes. The therapist, Dana yes. Foley. Uh, she read the script. Um, George is finishing up a um, a session, mm-hmm. and Jerry was like, "I'll yep. give the script to Elaine, see if she likes it." And he's like, "I'll give it to Dana, uh, my therapist, to see yeah. if, if uh, she's very smart. You know, see if she likes it." Exactly. And his therapist uh, thinks he's making great progress. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'm like changing or yeah. some, something. I don't remember exactly what he says, uh, but she, he asks her, and she read the script, and she says, I thought it was good. Yeah, <laughs> hesitates and just says, yeah, it was good. Uh, but then George can't leave well oh enough my alone. God, yeah, he he, know, he has to read into her reaction. Uh-huh. He goes off because one person didn't like his script. Yeah, and he can't handle 
criticism from yeah. a single person. And she she just flat out says, like, it just wasn't funny. Yeah. Yeah. And and she even <laughs> says, like, look, if you want to be in a creative field, you need to learn how to handle criticism because yeah. these people are trying to make you better. They're trying to make your product better. And he even says, well, how about this for a little uh, for a little criticism? You stink. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. He's like, you know what I think is funny? That diploma on the wall. I think that is comedy. Like, he is just laying into her about and, and he can't take it at all and he's like she's oh, like you know i think you better go and he's like you know what i'm going and, and then, then he <laughs> gets to the door makes a complete 180 he's yeah. like you know it's jerry's fault it's jerry's fault he, he took out all my good lines he's a total control freak yeah it starts breaking down oh good lord uh, meanwhile his hour is over yeah yeah his hour is up but he's ready to get back into another one of his issues uh in jerry's apartment george um snaps at Elaine as she walks into the door. You can tell they kind of cut where she got buzzed up, and they're they're lying in ambush for Elaine. Yeah. For And he so walks in the door, and he's like, what kind of therapist are you sending me to, you know, that tells me that my script is no good? His confidence is shattered, and it's right before the NBC meeting where they have to pitch this yeah. script idea. And, and George calls her, who, he says, who does, he, who does she think she is, Rowan and Martin? Oh, yeah. yeah. I went right over my head. Rowan and Martin. Comedy uh, experts? Comedy duo. Comedy yeah, duo? they had a show called Laugh-In okay. way back in the 70s. Oh, so like okay. when George was growing up, probably, he watched Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Oh, okay. Uh, I, were, I know Laugh-In. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know the names, right. Rowan and Martin. Martin for some reason. But it wasn't okay. odd. Like, he should have said, who does she think she is? Eddie Murphy. Or somebody who was actually in comedy in 1993, you know? Like, oh, I mean, it, it's very par for the course with it Seinfeld. Is, it is. To bring up, a, a like, a 1960s or 1970s yeah. reference. I, and I guess, like, but Rowan and Martin. Why go with Rowan and Martin? Why not go with uh, Martin and Lewis? How about that? Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Like, yeah. I think they're funnier than Rowan and Martin, even though they're an older reference. Like, the Smothers Brothers. I, I don't know. Like, who are the gatekeepers of comedy? Yeah, I mean, they're in New York City in the 90s. There's yeah. so much, like, good yeah. comedy. Comedy exactly. around them, <laughs> yeah. the, and Jerry's playing clubs too. Yeah, yeah. He is a comedian. You feel like George would know, like <laughs> comic names. Who does he think she is? Pat Buckles. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he think she is? Tom Lagrua. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, I just think there's probably a, a but, but it is but it is a funny reference maybe because it is so old and obscure yeah. that like that's who that's who George thinks is the gatekeepers of comedy Rowan and Martin like it never <laughs> got any better than that um, but so what is so now they want to know what Elaine thought and she sort of um, what did I think um, <clears throat> like she's coughing as she was yeah. earlier when when she was kind of coming down with <laughs> Th- something this one seems a little little more forced though <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, tell. definitely and then Kramer enters. And so Elaine sort of like slinks away, but Jerry's undeterred. He's not letting Kramer's <laughs> entrance, uh, you know, get let Elaine get out of this. But what does get what does get Jerry distracted is when Kramer says he kissed Gail Cunningham, and he he immediately like lets Elaine like yeah, escape Elaine to the is bathroom to get away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kramer thinks that women like the snub. He thinks it's because he snubbed her. Yeah, he's like, yes, I understand women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, he was like, the, it just you know, she she had confronted him about the snub, and he t- they talked about it, or whatever, and and he just like sort of he planted one on her, and she does kiss him back, so it wasn't. You know, yeah, completely. I, he, he led into it. And he's like, I planted one on her. I just grabbed yeah. her and and kissed her. And, and he's like, Well, what did she do? She kissed me back. I'm like, Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. But so women like the snub, but not for George. He's like, I've been snubbing people my whole life, and it's never garnered any more interest. He's like, I've never seen people happier than when I snub them, which I thought was hilarious. But this is something that I agree with Kramer. Where do you stand on this? I agree with Kramer on this 100. percent Uh, I mean, I don't know if women like the snub. Yeah. Uh, per se, but 
also, I like kept to myself all of high school. Yeah. And it, it didn't get me any attention. No, I was I, pretty much George, like a, a lot of high school. Like I snubbed people and didn't talk to anybody. It didn't make people want to <laughs> talk to me. Surprise. Yeah, you have to. I mean, there's obviously a give and take to it because you have to have, you have to get someone on the line. Uh-huh. You have to let a little bit of the line out and then you have to reel it back in. And then mm-hmm. I was never able to play that game, but I could see, I never wanted to. You know, I was like, oh God, I have to like pretend I have to act. You know what I mean? I, that's what it yeah. came down to. I'm, like, I'm not a good liar. I can't pretend I'm not into this person. And yet, being so into a person is one of the biggest turnoffs in the dating world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why is that like, oh, this person really likes me? Fuck them. You know, like, <laughs> uh, it just seemed to be that's the case. And and th- there's a line from a movie that I always like that's going to sound, I don't know, misogynistic, but I don't think it is. Jason Siegel says it in Slackers. Have you ever seen it? I haven't, no. Uh, he says we, in, his dating mantra is treat them like dirt and they'll stick to you like mud. And I'm like, it, huh. I really saw that play out time and time again. You know, when I was a high schooler and, and in college, when yeah. you're not emotionally mature. Like, if you're still in your late 30s and you're like, yeah, what you got to do is follow the pickup artist. You know, oh. follow the rules, uh, quote unquote. Yeah. You know have, what I mean? Have like, you ever seen Hitch with Will Smith? Yeah, That's yeah. how I live my life. Sir, you are 45. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're still doing that, you should have a little higher emotional intelligence. And certainly, I think if you're responding to that, not that I want to mansplain anything to any woman, but... Like, I don't know, maybe stop playing that game. But but I saw it t- play out time and time again where the cool dude who was like, yeah, <laughs> like not being nice to this woman got ended up getting the woman in, in the end. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so I, I totally agree with George, though, that – and I guess I agree with both of them. Like, I tried, I tried the snub, and it never worked. But Kramer, obviously, women – he has an effect <laughs> on women. You know, we've seen it play out. Oh, my God, again. does he? A certain yeah. kind of woman, uh, definitely. Um, so – and then also, Gail told Kramer about, well, Kramer's like, oh, so I hear you're shopping at Botticelli's now. <laughs> yeah, Elaine. Elaine is pissed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she shoves Jerry so hard that she so shoves funny. Kramer. Yeah, she shoves Jerry into Kramer and thereby into George as well. You know, and that shot to me was absolutely hilarious. And she's like, it's nobody's business where I buy my shoes. And then cut to like, Three clueless dudes. Kramer even doing like the monkey scratch of the head, you know, like an ape would do. <laughs> yeah, like, just like wondering, saw. like, yeah, wh- they're wh- just what's, staring what's at her. What's the like, big deal? What? Yeah. Why? And and again, like, this is why we can't write women. We have no idea what this reaction <laughs> is all about. I love their blank stares. Like, if you if you're still doing you're still doing cover art, I imagine. I love the three blank stares from the dudes after they get shoved into each other. You and like Kramer you doing, like that as the cover art? And Kramer okay. doing the monkey head scratch. Like, literally, he looks like a monkey. He's even doing like something with his <laughs> mouth where. You know he's got it. It's just so funny. Um, but if you had another contender, I'm, I'm willing. I'm, I'm open. But this is my I, first I have nominee. A f- I have a few contenders. Okay. We haven't gotten to any of them yet. This but I will. I will. Br- I will bring them up whenever we get to them. I hope one of the others is just straight up tits. <laughs> <laughs> just straight up cleavage, yeah. baby. Um, uh, <laughs> by the way, you might have to put it. I've got a. I don't know why I have such a potty mouth this episode. I, I am taking note of it. I'll stop if if people want me to if, text us right now. You're not gonna. <laughs> I mean, text us. Text me right now. Jeff. Jesus. Your Ted's the only one who's hearing it live, but I'm not. I'm not going to take any of it out. But I just realized I've already dropped like several f bombs. And if I've we said, if we have to put an NSFW tag on this, I will. <laughs> uh, but, but it depends on like where where we get to the rest of the episode. I'll try to clean it up now that we're about halfway through. I promise. I don't know what's wrong with me today. But uh, so we cut to Gail's restaurant, Pfeiffer's. She's the chef now at Pfeiffer's, mm-hmm. uh, and Elaine confronts Gail about the, telling everyone about her expensive yeah. shoes. Y- you know, like a psycho. 
Which exactly. I, I feel like I feel like that's a John Mulaney punchline. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She walks into Pfeiffer's right into the kitchen, you know, like a psycho. <laughs> uh, and so Gail is in the middle of a lunch rush. We know there's like a power lunch rush. Yeah. That visits this restaurant because Jerry mentioned it earlier when she tells him she's at Pfeiffer's now because um, she was at a previous restaurant. And um, so Gail is in the middle of something and totally busy. In fact, she's not even looking when she passes a pasta primavera to another to a table runner and Elaine sneezes yeah. directly on it. Right on it. Yeah. Not even oh. trying to cover her nose Gross. or move away. It's just a chew. Yeah, yeah. Right into the pasta. And they take that pasta primavera to one. Yeah, and no one saw this? Nobody. Not, no, no, the table no one runner in the kitchen saw looking. it. The nobody, table runner didn't yeah. see it. The sous chef. Nobody. The yeah. only person that saw it was Elaine. Yeah. And yeah. she made no effort. And I don't even know if she to move, knew it. To move her your, sneeze. Your eyes close when you sneeze. So by the time she opened it up, maybe it. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't analyzed the scene that oh, closely. But, God. But the, the pasta primavera turns out to be for one Russell Dalrymple. Yeah. Of NBC, uh, and so womp, womp, womp. yeah, <laughs> and so we the meeting has to take place at Russell's apartment. We mm-hmm. find out he said he was feeling sick. Yeah, he, he couldn't. He couldn't even go back to work. That's where the scene opens. Yeah, yeah. Jerry and George uh, enter his apartment. There, he shakes hands. He shakes hands with both of them yeah. after telling him he's gotten some horrible stomach virus. Yeah, like don't. He looks awful. He sounds awful. He's been vomiting. I'm not going to shake anybody's hand. I don't care it's if you true. give me a sitcom. Like, I mean, uh, we, we we don't know like what he did like right before he opened the oh, door. It he, he, might, he might have some Purell. He touched the door handle. He he might have some Purell. Yeah. He, he might have disinfected everything. We don't know. Purell I'm guessing and, no. I'm going to say 93 <laughs> predates Purell. I don't remember. I don't remember alcoholic sand sanitizer being a thing until much later. Oh, really? In my life. Okay. But I, I might be wrong about that. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to say don't shake anybody's hands that look like Russell Dalrymple. If I could offer one one word of advice, <laughs> it'd be that or health. Yeah. Um, George tells a weird story because he's like, oh, I think it was in this uh, pasta primavera I got. And then George feels like he needs to tell this story about how his cousin works at Bouchard's and they used to use the bathroom in the bouillabaisse. Yeah. What? What? What is that? What? Bouillabaisse is like soup. It's kind of okay. like beef stock, I but guess. He, he, but the, he, they used the bathroom? Yeah. They used to like pee in the bouillabaisse is what I got from it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, what in the, what kind of fight club nonsense is this? Where like, God, why would you, and why would he feel the need to, I I guess he's like, oh, people get sick at restaurants. You don't know what the chefs are doing back there. My cousin would pee in the, that's just, yeah, in the (laughs) bouillabaisse. So he's like, get the, if you're ever at Bouchard's, get the consomme, which is another type of soup, I guess, that you get as a, a, at fancy restaurants. Um, And so he's like, well, all right, let's get this meeting over. My 15 year old daughter will be home soon. Uh, Russell, though. This is hilarious writing because he can't get a word out. And so yeah. he's like, you know, every time he, I read it. He's trying to bring up the script. Yeah. yeah. He's like, every time I read it, and you, you can see it, it's like his his stomach is repeating on him. You know, mm-hmm. it's like his food is is coming up. And so he's like, every time I read it. And it, it, it plays into. I, there, and there's also some great segments where George is like, do you think he liked it? And then just yeah, retching sound effects. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then he pauses. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh well, I mean, we, we liked it. I, I forget exactly what they said, <laughs> yeah, but they're yeah. like, well, I th- I think he thought it was good.' Yeah, and he's like, your script needs, <sighs> you know. And then again, the dry heaves again and, and runs back into the bathroom. Um, and then another conversation punctuated with vomit sound effects, oh, which yeah. is just just hilarious. And and George yells back to the bathroom, "Would you like a Pepto Bismol? <laughs> I keep them in my wallet." Keep them in my wallet. Which I didn't know Pepto Bismol came in anything other than liquid. Yeah, it, it, I think you can get little pills. Okay, yeah. but I'm just picturing George like pouring a <laughs> bottle of Pepto Bismol into his wallet and just yeah. constantly walking around oh. with a dripping wet, or even like Pepto wallet, a tiny Ziploc bag.
bag that he could <laughs> pour a little bit into. I don't know. Um, and so Molly comes home. That's the aforementioned mm-hmm. 15-year-old daughter. And did you recognize her? No, I didn't. Ted, this is Denise Richards. Is it what? Yes. Oh my God. The very now famous, but and credited here as Denise Lee Richards. Very oh, early. Okay. Her, this is not her first role, but it was a very early role for him. For her, maybe one of her first like speaking roles because she had like walk through, walk on, extra yeah, roles, yeah. a lot of extra work. But before she dropped the Lee, from yeah, her name, yeah, D- from her Denise name. Richards. Um, and and yeah, I know. How about that? Yeah. Uh, 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 but uh, Russell says he's not feeling good. He he wants to meet with George and Jerry another time. Yeah, they got to reschedule. Yeah. And uh, but he he peeks back into the bathroom. Meanwhile, Molly is wearing a very low cut shirt. Yeah, uh, she bends over and Jerry like nudges George to take a peek. Jerry takes a peek, but he yeah, qu- yeah. quickly looks away. He's like, check that out. Yeah, and George that kind of nudge. And George is just fucking staring. Oh he just <laughs> dead eyes into her chest. Yeah, yeah. like laser uh, focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at that moment, Russell <laughs> uh, pops back out of the bathroom. He's walked see, in back into the room. Sees George, to, yeah. and he's just like, get a good look, Costanza. Get a good look, Costanza. Which, yeah. th- this is one of the uh, pieces ah, that I want to make the perfect. cover on. Not just straight cleavage, yeah. but like him. Him kneeling into frame, or not kneeling into, but bending into frame. Yeah. Into de- I like that too, yeah. Because George like looks over and, and almost does like a kind of a double take because he's about to... Say something, and he's like, "Oh he, no!" He's it's... about to say something like, hey, "Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, exactly, yeah." Oh, um, so I did want to do. I might as well get to it here. How old do you think Denise Richards actually was in this uh, at this time? I'm gonna say 19. In this, if this episode did you look was filmed, it up? I did look it up. She was born in 1971. Okay, so she would be 21 or 22. Okay, this, this aired in 93, early 93. So you got to imagine 1992. So she was actually 21 years old. Okay. So, if you, I don't, I don't know whether you should feel bad if you want to go back and look at Denise Richards' cleavage, in, <laughs> you know, and because Honestly, she is if you playing just, a fifteen-year-old, she is, and I think that's where it gets iffy because yeah. the the character is fifteen. Yes, yeah, yeah. But Denise Lee Richards at is the time 21. is twenty-one. <laughs> uh, but I think it's actually, you know, I, yeah, I, I feel like. I would justify it by not going back and looking at the character of Russell Dalrymple's daughter, who is 15, right. and just Google Denise Richards Cleavage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was in Wild Things, for crying yes. out loud. You can go back and, and check that out. Um, did she play a high schooler in that, though? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never I seen no it. Idea. you actually ever seen I've, it? I've never seen the yeah. movie. It was just like a mythical movie around the time that I, around my formative years. I don't know when it came out, but I know there was like two hot naked chicks in it. And one of them is Denise, Denise Richards. Do, um, do you want to look it up? We yeah, already looked something not? up. Why what, what was the name of the movie? Wild Things. Kevin Bacon's in it. I think you see his wang. Oh, God. Uh, Matt Dillon is in it. Or Kev- Matt, there's got to be Matt Dillon, uh, I believe. But yeah, it was just one of those movies like Showgirls or, or like Rochelle Rochelle. 98. 98. Yeah. Okay. So she was... Wait, you said she was born 71. in... Se- 71. So she was 27? 26. 26, 27. 26, 27. Uh, and I was uh, 16, 17. So, oh, yeah, my. Again. So, yeah. like, yeah. Pri- yeah. Prime formative years for you. But wild, I was six. Wild things, people, <laughs> wild things People Knew wasn't written well, but it was one of those movies that was mainstream but was basically porn yeah there's like a very famous threesome in it and like i said you see kind of like got, rochelle rochelle kind of like rochelle rochelle yeah but not but it certainly wasn't art people knew mm-hmm. they were watching garbage but it was still like let's go see it you know for a laugh but also <laughs> for the boobs <laughs> and twins uh i don't oh, know no. uh, <laughs> 
I just felt like that kind of guy would love that that commercial. <laughs> um, uh, the the guy who like unironically loves the and twins commercial <laughs> has a Blu-ray copy of oh, Wild Things. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's worn out. That, by the way, was, is just top of mind because it's one of my favorite. Like the guys from Mystery Science Theater will use that as a riff all the time, just because it, you know. But ironically, <laughs> not like that they think. You know, obviously, if you're a MST3K fan, you're probably not a and twins fan as well. <laughs> Although maybe there is some crossover. Who knows? Uh, but so, all right. And I'm sure that Venn diagram is almost entirely two <laughs> almost complete two circles. circles. Yeah, you at least know the reference. Whether you've liked and thought the commercial was funny, that's two different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in Jerry's apartment. They're arguing about you know what what is go about blowing the deal and like lo- George looking at cleavage and stuff like that. Um, and Jerry says this is a very famous quote. In addition to get a good look, Costanza, uh, you know, looking at cleavage, it's like looking at the sun. You get a sense of it. And you look away because <laughs> uh, he's like, you're the one that nudged me and told me to look. He's like, I didn't. Yeah, he didn't tell you to stare at it. You know. Oh um, God. And this is where I noticed the Superman on the fridge. By the way, this oh, is the really? first time it caught okay. my eye. But yeah, um, uh, Jerry said George was looking at it like he was uh, one of those giant metal things on top of the Empire State building that you put a quarter in like oh, the, yeah, the, looking, the, the yeah, viewfinders like he was yeah. staring through just, one of those just staring yeah. through one of those <laughs> yeah. at his daughter's cleavage uh, yeah and he says like you know who, who wouldn't look or something like that and I was like well she is 15 I mean keep that in mind <laughs> and, you and know? they knew she was 15 yes. too it's distinctly said at the very beginning of that scene my 15 year old daughter is coming home soon meanwhile they hear Gail and Kramer in the hall and and somebody yells at Jerry for oh oh Gail yeah Gail Gail pops in before she yeah. walks in with Kramer and just explained what has happened yeah. so far yeah she, she, she doesn't add any new information <laughs> she yells at Jerry for Elaine not only coming to the restaurant but also I think she sneezed on some pasta uh, some <laughs> pasta primavera and Kramer does his perv like look and sound effect too like hey look who I look who I got and we're going into my apartment hey, you yeah know, that but, kind of thing but uh, Jerry and George are starting to connect the dots of everything yeah. we as viewers yeah. already know but right. they now know everything. Um, but Jerry gets a call from, I forget who it was. But Stu. Uh, Stu yeah, at from NBC. NBC. And he's like, oh, are, are you kidding me? Did, did, did they say why or anything? Yeah. He hangs up. Russell Dalrymple just canceled the pilot. Uh, all right. Well, now we reopen in the apartment, and Jerry blames Elaine for sneezing on the pasta primavera, causing Dalrymple to get sick, and causing them to have to go to his apartment to have the meeting. Elaine blames Jerry and George for staring at the cleavage in the first place, and she finally, somebody brings up the fact that, well, it has been brought up because Jerry was like, who wouldn't look uh, earlier? But somebody brings up the fact that she's fifteen. Wasn't she fifteen? And like, yeah, it's kind of th- grossed out. I think out Elaine by brings it, it up. Elaine does. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't she? But I mean, they did bring up. I think the age in the earlier conversation. But it was like, you know, it was like, well, yeah, who cares, you know? But Elaine Ugh. finally brings it up in a in a way that says that's gross. Like, isn't she fifteen? Yeah. And Jerry says, you don't consider age when it comes to cleavage. Cleavage. Oh, we're like we're God. like those fish with eyes that work independent of our bodies. We just stare yeah. at it. He you says, know? yeah, this occurs on a molecular yeah, level. Yeah. You can't control it, which is a big yikes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although I'm going to agree with him. Like, if I could turn off again, not looking at underage girls, but just like not looking at cleavage, I would I would flip that switch in a second. I mean, maybe not if it was like off forever. Yeah. I'd want to. I'd want to be able, but like you, just to, to not, have control of it. To, to have, have control, control of, of that it. switch. Yes. Yeah. I would love to be able to turn it off. And turn it on. Yeah. Like because say, I, I've like been, say you go to a water park with like as a family reunion. You don't want to look at cleavage of your your dear aunt Sandy or any woman in front of oh. my family. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I don't want my mom to catch me looking any more than I want my wife to catch me looking. Who has caught me looking and. 
berated me and, and your mother has not my mom oh my okay wife. yeah oh, your yeah. wife has yeah sarah has oh. multiple times given me quite the talking to oh on, no. on rides home from restaurants or bars or wherever we happen to be uh for for just making it painfully obvious oh, yeah yeah no. i'm not i'm not proud of it uh, <laughs> but i agree with jerry i wish i you know i, I should memorize this uh um, <laughs> monologue from like it just happens i can't look i just you know it's in my caveman brain that like <laughs> that's where I have to look, you know? It's oh, like, man. Look, so I, I don't know if it's... It doesn't sound like it's as much of a problem for you, though. No, I, I don't think it is. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I feel like I'll be more like Jerry uh, in the scene with Jerry and George. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll take a quick pee. Sure. I'm if, not saying if, I'm if staring either. Yeah, if, if it's uh, there, but yeah. if it's there, yeah, what am yeah. I saying? If it's um, there. Yeah, but I I feel like I definitely have more control yeah. over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can when I need to, for sure. I mean, I'm not like, yeah. uh, you know... Um, You're not George. I'm not George, exactly. I'm more like Jerry. Just dead eye staring. But also, I'm not like Jerry where I won't nudge my bud yeah, to take a, a look at some sweet tits. Pretty, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's pretty gross. That's pre- it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but I do... I, I, I agree with him on some level that, like, you know, there's there's a part of you that just... It just catches your eye. It catches your eye. And I mean... Isn't that what it's for, too? Yeah. In a, in a way. I mean, look, I'm not saying that women dress that way for men. Women yeah. dress that way for women or for yourself or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, you you, you know, I, I, I better stop here. <laughs> I'm saying you should expect it. Look the way you're dressed. All right, let's move on. That's, what <laughs> oh, I, that's not what I wanted to say, but I had a feeling it was going to come out that way. <laughs> she deserved it, Ted. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> All oh, right. Uh, so um, we they're gonna get they come up with an idea because they know that he goes to Pfeiffer's. They come up with a, an idea to get Gable to call them when he's at Pfeiffer's because now you know we, so, so we've reopened in the apartment and it's a little bit later that when he's at Pfeiffer's again to call them because he won't take any of their calls. He won't take he, they can't <laughs> get a hold of him in any way and uh, and Be- so because Gail will command attention. Yeah. Yeah, yes. versus Elaine. They, yeah, they, yeah. He said they they don't want Elaine doing it because well they want then they they want someone to like see if he would look at cleavage and yeah. so like I bet like he wouldn't look. That's where it comes like he wouldn't look. But I didn't think I didn't think that was the plan. Is the funny thing I thought the plan was like they just wanted to meet with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and somewhere That's along what I the thought line, too. yeah, somewhere along the line, it became like let's get a woman to like a woman if she walked by the restaurant and you know we could get Elaine to do it. Like well. Maybe not Elaine, uh, which is like a horrible thing to say in front of your friend. But that's especially in front of the yeah, woman you're talking about. In front of your friend, yeah. Um, Gail will she's agree she agrees to make the call. Yeah, Kramer like yes, yeah, so I'll ask her yeah, right now. Well, yeah, he leaves, calls her, and yeah. is back in ten seconds. So she immediately said yes. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, she'll do it for Elaine's shoes. <laughs> yeah, if if Elaine gives her the Botticelli's and uh-huh. Elaine can't give them up yeah because she doesn't want to give them up because everyone likes them yeah. and everyone talks about yeah, them. yeah yeah don't you see how Com- everybody likes them and complete talks about them? 180 from the entire yeah. episode so far but you can feel no but she, she's felt that way the whole time yeah like she likes being talked about but you can't you can't like being talked about or else that's like you know you if someone was like oh nice shoes it's like oh yeah thanks i bet you'd never go into botticelli's but i can afford rich stuff that's gross you you can like being talked about but you can't admit that you like being talked about bingo yeah and that's she's finally admitting i love these shoes because everybody talks about them and everybody's obviously jealous about them and i have to play it off like oh it's no big deal what are you talking about they're just a pair of 
I guess they're ex- expensive shoes. I don't know. So yeah, the truth finally comes out that she does like yeah. both, both ways. Yeah, of it. you're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> um, and so, but uh, George, every, they eventually convince her. George tries appealing to Elaine using his mom, like. My mother, you know, I went to go visit her in a hospital. And, and, and Elaine's like, yeah, because she caught you jerk. Yeah. And, and he cuts her, I was like, ah, like, oh, she's in there. It doesn't matter why she's in there, okay? You know, but think of my mother, who's, by the way, still in the hospital, like, weeks later. Uh, that was some fall. Like, it's crazy. Did, did um, she fall down the stairs yeah, or Yeah, really, really, yeah. Jesus. Um, so at Pfeiffer's, Russell walks in, mm-hmm. Gail makes the call, and says, bring the shoes. <laughs> Later, Jerry and George show up. He drops off a shoebox with Gail at the at the kitchen, and um, you know. Then they finally they run into the run in quote unquote to Russell. Eh, hey, you know what what happened to the pilot? We want to know. He's like, it's just not the right not the right project yeah, for us at this di- time. Didn't seem like the right project yeah. for us right now. Um, but like he he's playing it really cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Unlike Jerry and George, they're trying to play it cool, but they're yeah. they're really pressing the issue. But Russell's just. There, he he has nothing to lose. He's got all the power in this situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't need to give them a reason, even though he could easily say, well, yeah, it's because you were checking out my daughter, and I didn't think it was cool, so yeah. we don't need to do business. And, exactly. And I'm, I'm the one in, in charge of that. Uh-huh. And, and I don't think they'd have any grounds for a lawsuit or anything like that. It's no, like, not yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but, so, at this point, Elaine walks in with massive cleavage. With a like very low cut shirt. Yeah, yeah. And Jerry and George are now distracted by her cleavage. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I at first I didn't know if this was part of their plan or if she just did this independently. I think it's the second. I think she did it independently to prove to them <laughs> that she could get someone to look, but once she showed up, they made it part of their plan. Bingo. I okay. think that's what it is. Yeah, it never seemed like it. It seemed like something Elaine wanted to prove to herself and and to Jerry the, and George. And, but more to Jerry and George, yeah. yeah. Um, that of course I could catch a guy's eye, but it doesn't work. I mean, Russell's completely ignoring yeah, her. He's, he, he's, he's paying just more attention to, to his meal. Yeah, just looking down at his plate. Yeah, he's not, yeah. He's not looking up at Jerry and George at all anymore either. <laughs> no, no. And they're trying. I mean, they're trying to get him to look now. Uh-huh. Like you said, like this is the plan. Yeah. And George tries to explain. Like he he tries to. And they say, find, yeah, they tip their cards. They're like, look, if it was because of any perceived looking at your daughter or whatever, you know. Yeah, and he's like, look, if something enters my, yeah. what, what is it? What does he say? If it enters my field of vision right. I'm, I'm going to look yeah it, that's all I'm, it was yeah i'm not staring at something because it is there it's just because it happens to i happen to be, be looking my... at this and then it entered where i was looking yes yeah yeah in in not so many words yeah, I, yeah. i'm just <laughs> rambling about it uh but so finally elaine when she she's asking for stuff off his table ketchup salt and pepper uh-huh. and all that yeah, stuff. yeah she's trying to bait him nothing is yeah. working uh but russell finally looks up at elaine yeah and because she she brings his ketchup back now, yeah, yeah, and he just stares at her cleavage, yeah, 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 very George like, very George like, <laughs> yeah. and he just looks at George. He's like, field of vision, huh? Field of vision, huh? Yeah, and I guess he, uh, I guess he understands now. He, he gets it, I guess. Yeah, it's still kind of weird that it was like, yeah, but it was my daughter, man. You know, it was like that's kind of gross. Still, yeah, my, my underage daughter, yeah. You know? But I Be- guess because like by, by but then again but then again if George's if he bought George's argument which was I was just looking that direction and and the the cleavage happened to be enter my field of vision there he was like I didn't know it was your daughter that wasn't entering my mind then I guess it makes sense that that he can't say that like oh I guess it did enter your field I guess I know what you're talking about now it didn't <laughs> enter your field because we don't know how long. Russell saw George looking. Uh huh. You know, it might have been one or two seconds or whatever. And True. it was just, you know, so, so we really, I, I guess that's where I'm going to fall on this, just so it's not 
kind of as gross as you know it was like <laughs> okay i guess if it was my daughter that's cool the pilot's back on and where where did this scene take place? Oh, still, still, still at Fivers. Yeah, yeah, so later, still at Like, I, I'd say... A maybe, little bit later, yeah. Yeah, like a half an hour later, or like 15 Russell's minutes gone, later. And they're yeah. all enjoying Pasta Primavera now that they all have. <laughs> it's, it's been on their brains. They just want to try it. And it's really good, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the pilot's back on, and Elaine is going out with Russell uh, later this week. Yeah, and uh, Elaine is saying that she wants the Elaine character to come in on page three wearing a low-cut dress, uh, and the butler is too distracted and can't work. Yeah, yeah. And, which also... Page three of the pilot. Yeah. So the first two pages, you're not only establishing why this person is the butler, who all of the other characters are, but like the background of all of that anyway, because the guy has to be like in the accident first, (laughs) then he goes to court, then he's sentenced to being a butler, then he's already a butler. That's happening in two pages. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's very quick, but Elaine wants into the pilot, and so... Unless it's just like an 80s like sitcom and they explain everything in the opening song. That could be too. Yeah, yeah. That, that was still around in the 90s. They still yeah. have theme songs. They oh, have yeah. shortened for more commercial time. <laughs> um, but the, the Jerry and George are like, I don't know. That comedy is a little broad for us. Meanwhile, what their height of humor was, I'm not cleaning that up. That was the funniest <laughs> oh, line they've God. come up with so far. And yet Elaine's <laughs> suggestion of someone being distracted by cleavage, which by the way is awesomely meta because we're watching a show where somebody was distracted by cleavage mm-hmm. and they're calling it broad. Like, I don't know. That, that comedy's a little broad for us. Um, she's like, well, you know, it sounds right up Russell's alley. And then they decide to yeah. add it immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, I think that's actually a good idea. Um, so he wants to know, you know, they're asked, where's, where's he uh, taking you? Oh, she, he's taking me to Bouchard's. And George starts choking on his pasta primavera. And Jerry says, uh, you know, Lane's like, what's his problem? Like, I think he's trying to tell you to get the bouillabaisse, which oh. is the opposite of what George... But George, like, points at him where he's like, that's what I'm... I don't know. It, it was a weird... Because the what he should have should have said was get the consomme. Yeah, not get the bouillabaisse. Here they're telling yeah get the they're telling Elaine to eat yeah exactly they're telling Elaine to eat human waste and Russell for that matter. Um, But so and they will both get sick again. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, talk about broad comedy. I mean, that's like the broadest joke you could have gone out on. I think you could have gone out on George coughing like yeah. You know, he's taking me to Bouchard's. Cut to black. You know, I mean, that's George choking. And, and that's it. I, I don't. I don't understand Jerry's line here. I think he's telling you to get the bouillabaisse. I, I, I didn't get it. I don't know. It, it didn't make sense. Yeah, they want their friend to eat <laughs> eat some pee. <laughs> um, and that's it. We get one more stand up bit about men being obsessed with cleavage and women being obsessed with shoes. Ted, men and women be so different. Uh, in these men ways. be like this. <laughs> women be like men this. be looking at cleavage, but women be looking at shoes. You can't yeah. deny and it. And we can't not look. Yeah, Ugh. and if and if aliens came, they'd see us. I don't know. It, it, it lost me here. It only occurred to me like now that we're towards the end of season four. I don't remember like all. I can't think of one stand up bit that I've been like that's hilarious. You know, it's like. It's almost like the stand up putting the stand up in was an afterthought. Yeah. But I think it's I think it suffers from even though Jerry Seinfeld is Mr. Word Economy, like he doesn't have time to explore the premise. They're 15, 20 seconds max sometimes and yeah. and it's like, okay, I, I know this bit and the funnier part is about one minute or two minutes later. And you just can't if you're gonna you set don't up get to that. Yeah, if you're gonna set up the premise, you're only gonna get to the first punchline in his minute or two minute long segment about this and so it doesn't really give Jerry a chance to shine as a stand up. I mm-hmm. mean, the show itself is funny, but the stand up bits to me are like 
so lacking. You know, I'm like, oh gosh, this wasn't very funny. I, but I feel I, the same way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt the same way for a little while. Yeah, yeah. It only it only just occurred to me this week where I'm like, I can't think of one that I've liked in the, in the recent episode. So yeah, it, it really stuck out to me here where we get to the most basic of '90s premises: men and women be different. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> men be uh, different from women who be like this. So, uh, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, did we have any homework? I, I think we kind of looked everything up. Uh, as we as were going we were doing it. it. Oh, we wanted, yeah, yeah. We wanted to know if, um, no, I guess that's it. Yeah, we just straight up looked up Botticelli's right away. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and I looked up uh, Wild Things. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can try and look it up and watch it. Yeah, uh, I might try to actually, I've never watched <laughs> Wild Things before, but I might try to actually watch it. Uh, it, it that seems like something that should be on Crackle. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Vimeo. Or, or Daily Vimeo. Motion. Or Quibi. Or something what is like Quibi? That. Quibi's a new stupid streaming service. Oh, uh, but if you go to Quibi.com slash no hugging, you can get 30 days free trial. Hey, no, you you not, a sponsor. You not, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> They're probably offering some sort of free trial, but maybe I don't know what it is. Oh, man. I All don't right. recommend it. <laughs> uh, did we want to think of a better description? Yes. Let's okay. do it. We had Jerry and George scramble to keep their feeble idea for a TV series alive when they meet with a skeptical executive who catches them eyeing his teenage daughter's cleavage. Okay. You think that gives away too much? Yes. Uh, could we just stop it? Okay, no, no, we need... when they Jerry meet... and George scramble to keep their feeble idea for a TV series alive when they meet with a skeptical executive, period. Yeah, but how... Because he's about... already skeptical about Yeah, that. yeah. I, I like that. I mean, it. I wouldn't mind dropping a little more bait into the water and say, like, you know, they... they um, they uh, make a social faux pas. I mean, I'd love to shorten that up to something a little... I'd love to punch that up, but something like yeah. that, you know... Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, something like that, I wouldn't mind. I mean, okay. can we just stick that in there for now? What commit a social J- faux pas? Or J- make a Jerry, social... Jerry and George. Jerry and George scramble to keep their feeble idea for a TV series alive when they commit a social faux pas in front of a skeptical executive. I like that. Period. I mean, almost like the gang commits social faux pas could be every Seinfeld episode. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I, I like putting it in there because I like dropping like, oh, I wonder what they do. You know, I, I like. <laughs> But I don't like the, that it gives everything away with like staring at staring at the daughter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the only thing we have left was uh, Newman's mail sack. Let's unzip it, baby. Un- unzip Newman's mail sack. Uh, we got something from Chris Hernandez, who I don't believe has emailed us before, huh. but has uh, writes us saying, "Hey guys, working my way up to current from episode one. I'm reading this for the first time. Cool." Too. Uh, been wanting to email with random trivia slash notes about the episodes, but didn't want to in case it was already addressed in future eps. I was just listening to the Bubble Boy episode where Ted says his friend had a theory about the changing of the hats in Jerry's apartment. Uh-huh. Who actually, Cat reached out to me. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> S- side note, Chris. Yeah. Uh, Cat reached back out to me that said she was going to look at that, <laughs> and uh, she said that sh- uh, names of old baseball players go over her head too. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah. So she she's more of like a casual fan and doesn't really know the history. Of baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to Chris's letter, uh, where Ted says his friend had a theory about the changing of the hats in Jerry's apartment. I remember on the Seinfeld DVDs, there's a function called Notes About Nothing that mm. shows random stuff in place of subtitles where while the episode is running. Yeah. Anyway, on the Notes About Nothing, I remember seeing that the hats simply change frequently because Jerry is an avid Mets fan and Larry David loves the Yankees. Uh-huh. It loosely became part of the storyline where Elaine doesn't take her hat off at the Yankees game. <laughs> Larry David did a similar thing when he was watching the Yankees play the Angels and he was in owner Gene Autry's box. Oh, with a Yankees hat on. Oh, wow. man. 
Great job on the podcast. I'll probably chime in here and there with random info. I know an unhealthy <laughs> amount of Seinfeld trivia. Almost caught up. I'm up to the opera. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Chris. Awesome. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, no, we love when people write in with with their favorite little bits of trivia. We've had it before, you know, with uh, with Fred Esposito, for instance. Um, yeah. Frequent contributor to this to Newman's Mail Sack. Uh, yeah, about if you if you know something about an episode that you enjoy telling people. Tell us. We yeah, love it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't know about these things. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, I'm <laughs> clueless about a lot of it, too. So, yeah. Uh, appreciate you writing in. Oh, man. Anything else? Is that it? I think that's it. All right. Well, next week, we got Season 4, Episode 16, The Outing. Original air date, February 11th, 1993. I accidentally wrote 92 here. Ah. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, and this is, I hate how this is written. Okay. But when an eavesdropping college reporter mistakenly prints that Jerry and his pal, George, <laughs> are intimate, longtime companions, Jerry vainly works overtime to prove his straightness. Uh, do you know anything about this episode? Because there's a famous, there's a famous line from it that I won't, I won't get into right now, but there's a very famous line that well yeah like i said we'll, we'll get into it yeah i'll be curious to see if you've heard it before i okay. guess that's what i want to say so <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm excited about this one it's i mean talk about kind of interesting social issues that we've been working through in just the last three episodes you know like we we, we mentioned how this one we're like we're in the me too era guys looking at cleavage especially underage cleavage you know in the after like kevin spacey and r kelly kind of got sent up the river uh and what was the one before the, oh, the visa and immigration yeah and now uh you know uh gay rights i guess for lack of a better term oh man <laughs> we'll see we'll see so for the hugging and learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good be good